On today's podcast, your hosts, TC and Chris Nicole, answer a bunch of random questions. All right, so Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to all the listeners. And happy Valentine's Day, because <laughs> we're closing it on. I know we were MIA for a little bit, but uh, sometimes you just have to prioritize your to-do list, and our athletes will always come first. Um, and then, of course, we, our family as well, uh, we're traveling for the holidays. So we're starting back up with some content and starting off with a bunch of random questions, but they're all prep-related. They're all actually really good, so... Um, It'll be like rapid fire. And I always think Q&As are more interesting because they just, they expand on a lot of different topics. Yeah, except rapid fire with us. We ramble a lot, so. Yeah, that's true. It's not as rapid. rapid, just fire. (laughs) A lot of fire. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I guess we could really quickly recap on what we have been busy with because we have started off the year being really busy as always. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I guess we'll go back to December. The last podcast was weeks ago. Well, we talked about, oh yeah, because we talked about the world championship and Weeder. Yeah, we, I think the last one we did was a recap, right? Mm-hmm. But since then we traveled to California in December. Um, yeah, we ran a strict girl meet in Cal- California. That was intense. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we went to Phoenix. Yeah, saw some family, stayed out there for like 10 days, week, 10 days, somewhere in there. I think it was just a week, maybe. Yeah, Monday to Monday. Yeah, that was fun. That was nice. Catch up. Jovan's baby shower. Yeah. Gonna be a girl dad. Yeah. Jovan's um, TC's brother. Yeah. Um, Let's see what else happened. I think that's it. Then we came home. We were going to go see your parents. Your dad got sick. Yeah, both my parents got sick. So we ended up just hanging out with my mom for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then we came down here just after New Year's, um, a couple of days late because we had some car issues. Yeah. Ended up having to change plans, figure it out. Um, so we loaded everything up that we needed for this Wadapalooza event into your little Highlander. Oh, my gosh. That was a task and a half. We had to take the back seats out and... And uh, I wasn't stressed about it because <laughs> I wasn't packing the car. Oh man, yeah, I was pulling my hair out for a couple of days, yeah, figuring trying to figure out what we we're gonna do. Um, but yeah, we made it down here, um, and we participated in the yeah, so we made it down here the week before. Um, it was Wadapalooza down in Miami, and it's a four day event, it's a CrossFit event, but they also had some a bunch of vendors and other stuff, um, like on the outskirts of the event. So we were there for that. It was a four-day event, and um, we got down here, like I said, a week or 10 days beforehand. We had to build a curl platform, so... Um, we as NTC built it. Yeah, I, I found a, uh, you know, one of those pull-up, the power towers on Facebook Marketplace. It was 100 bucks. cut the dip bar off of it. Um, we, you know, made the, the backing pad of a piece of plywood and a yoga mat, some upholstery, bing, bang, boom. He did a good job. Together. It looked really nice. Yeah, it came out very nice. I got a couple compliments on it. They're like, you built on a day? And, you know, I like making stuff. So it was relatively unfinished. You know, the platform was just unfinished wood, but it is what it is. You got the job done. Well, and also we found out, I don't know how close to the event that it was outside. Oh, yeah. They they changed it on us. I want to say after we got down here. Yeah, because we thought it was going to be um, in a convention center. Uh, Or at least it was supposed to be on the sidewalks. Oh, okay. Yeah, we might have been in. Yeah, because it was a, a room it's or Miami but, Fit Fest. Yeah, fast. it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be on hard ground, and then we ended up having to be in grass. And on top of that, it was raining on Thursday. So we ended up getting a tarp, a couple of pieces of plywood. Um, we you know, trying to do. So what we were there doing was demonstrating the hip thrust, strict curl, and chin ups. Yeah. Yeah, we did turn up. Soon. Because we're running an event in June. We're running a strong lifting event in June in Miami and a strict curl event in same day. So we were there to like 
demo the exercises, have people come try them. We ran a contest um, who could have the heaviest pull-up, um, who could get the most strict curl reps at half body weight. Is that correct? And then um, hip thrust was body weight, as many reps as you could. So yeah. it was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, we had some crazy people come through there i mean we've had it we had a few i want to say a handful of people who did a chin up with over 100 pounds yes um we like with a dip bar it's attached to your weight or yeah, your belt. waist yeah yeah yeah, yeah dip belt yeah, yeah yeah sorry um yeah a couple people or like th i want to say three or four people you know did over 100 pounds and then um, we have one guy get like 17 or 18 reps with half body weight, which, you know, if, you're, curl. Yeah, if, if you don't curl, uh, then if you don't train for that, like that's pretty good. It's hard. Yeah. Then we have one guy get, you know, like 50 reps on hip thrust mm -hmm. and yeah, form wasn't perfect, but like, that's crazy. That's it was great. Pretty impressive. Yeah. 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 So it was fun. Um, but yeah, like we were saying, setting up for that event in the grass with the weather, Thankfully, January Miami weather is pretty nice. So, like, I went down there in like pants and a sweatshirt, and ended up in sports bra and shorts. Um, and then other days it rained and it was a little chilly. So it was, we were battling the elements. Yeah, Thursday and Sunday it was a little rainy. And yeah. Sunday cleaned it up. It was like downpouring on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we met a lot of cool people. We were next to the army uh, tent which they were super nice because where we parked, we had to run across like four or five rain, uh, lanes of traffic. So we had like a hip thrust platform. We had a bunch of plates, like 45 pound plates and, you know, all of our equipment. So we were running across, we were trying to time it with the traffic light to grab as many, as much stuff as we could and then run across all of this traffic in downtown Miami to then like go over a wall and, and put it in our little area. So um, they offered to help us, which was really nice. Um, but yeah, like that was the first time we ever had to do something like that, set up an event outside. And and then also we got really big banners. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, we didn't think that one through. <laughs> <laughs> but again, we thought we were going to be on like solid ground, right? So yeah. It was, was going to be a little easier to set this thing up. But yeah, these things were... I want to say 12 feet tall, 10 feet wide, or maybe vice versa, 12 feet wide, 10 feet tall. They're huge. But yeah, they were, they were enormous and which was great. I mean, everyone loved the banners. Everyone, like tons of people walking by, were taking pictures, taking videos, taking pictures in front of them. Like people loved the banners. Um, but going forward, I think I'll probably do eight foot tall banners. <laughs> it was tricky to tie, like figure out how to tie them up. Yeah. Because we didn't have enough of those. I don't know. The uprights. Yeah. 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 So when we tried to do two separate, we had to hang one of them from the solar panel <laughs> arms. You see how to climb up a solar. Uh, There's yeah. a lot of climbing and acrobatics. Yeah. Yeah. It was impressive. So yeah, we battled the the weather and we collected equipment too. There was one day we drove, I don't even know, like eight hours. Yeah, all day. Because we drove two and a half hours to get the hip thrust platform and then we drove two hours more. Or maybe it was two and a half hours more to go get the weights and the and the barbell and the, and the trees, and then it was two hours home from there. So it was it was, was a full day. I was cranky that day. Yeah. Well, we were both we both were. You I know. didn't want to be in the car, but yeah, I was very proud of us for. I felt like we were in like couples boot camp or business couples boot camp, <laughs> just trying to figure out how to set up our space. Um, because traffic was coming from both sides. Like our little space was not just like there was one way to walk in. There was like street traffic because we were right on the street and then there was event traffic on the other side. So we kind of had to figure out how to position ourselves where we could get the most like traffic flow. And then our spot got moved. Uh, like two days later, we got a, a better spot. Um, but it still required like figuring that out. So um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh we survived. Yeah. We're, we're stronger. Yeah. But it was also, we had to drive to Miami every day. Mm -hmm. The first day we drove two and a half hours because of the traffic and the rain. Yeah, so the location it, was 55 miles away. It took us it took a us long time. After three hours to get there and home for Thursday and Friday because mm -hmm. of traffic. Yeah. So that was a little tedious, but. 
but the park where they had it in bayfront park i think it's called was really pretty um and luckily we got some like sunny good weather days in the midst of like the showers and stuff like that so yeah it was a lot of fun um and we got to hang out with geo and tony they're the promoters of the um miami um miami international fitness expo expo thank you uh, the competition that I did in Miami last year, my last show of the year. Um, so we got to hang out with them. They're super cool and meet some other cool people in the industry. So yeah, it was uh, successful. Yeah. Yeah. We made a bunch of friends. And then while we're down here, we've also um, met with Brett Contreras a couple of times um, to discuss, you know, logistics with this event we have coming up in June because it's the first sanctioned. I don't know if we... I don't think we've... we've advertising yeah oh you've been telling me to keep it on the oh yeah don't make the announcement okay here's the announcement <laughs> here we are uh yeah no you announce it okay what are you doing june 1st so on june 1st 2024 at the 10th year anniversary of the miami international fitness expo yeah 100 percent raw powerlifting federation will be sanctioning a strong lifting meet run by tc and brett Contreras. The first of its kind. Yeah. Well, it's the first in Raw. I mean, he's... So, Brett has done, I want to say, three competitions on his own. And then he did one at a CrossFit gym out in California. Um, that one was kind of hit or miss. He wasn't super enthusiastic about the help that he got for that meet. Um, so, when I approached him about this, he was interested. But he wanted to make sure that it was going to be uh, something that he wanted to put his name on, essentially. So we've met a few times to discuss some of the logistics, uh, some of the details. He wants it to be a world-class event, so that's what we're aiming for. We're getting big LED backdrop screens. It's going to be a two-platform event. There's going to be a screen for each platform. Um, it's going to be a 60-lifter event, so we're limiting the registration to 60 lifters, and that's a hard cutoff. Like, if there's 60 and there's one person who asked to get in, I, unfortunately, I have to say no. So. Mm -hmm. If you're out there listening and you're interested in competing, like make sure you get your registration in quick because as soon as he, as soon as Brett sends out that email to his subscribers, I'm assuming that the registration is going to fill up immediately. Um, so why don't you tell them what strong lifting is? So strong lifting will be a two session event. It's six lifts total, and it'll be run very similar to a powerlifting event. So um, the first session will be squat bench and deadlift. You'll have three attempts at each lift, just like a normal powerlifting meet. Um, pretty much exactly what a powerlifting meet is for the mm -hmm. first session. Now, for you, you get a break, and in between the first and second session, we're going to be running our American Challenge uh, Florida Strict Curl event. So um, that's kind of a separate affair. Obviously, it's going to be done in the same area, but um, that's going to be a separate event. Right. So to give the strong lifting athletes a little time to get some lunch, kind of rest, recuperate, um, and then they'll be back at 4 p.m. to do the second session. The second session is going to be military press, weighted chin-up, and hip thrust, all for one rep max. Same thing, you get three attempts. Um, you come up, you do your opener, then it goes through your flight, you do your second attempt, goes through your flight, you do your third attempt. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a long day. It's definitely not for the faint of heart. Mm -hmm. Um but it's a very well-rounded test of strength, and I'm I'm excited to bring it to the forefront. You know, um, I think that this is a division that's going to grow, and I'm looking forward to bringing it to more you know expo locations in the future. So, and Brett, uh, strong lifting is something that Brett Contreras has created himself. Yeah. So Brett, through his training, he's always been a fan of strength, and you know he he enjoys being strong and helping other people be strong as well. But I think he's also seen uh, very good results with hypertrophy training when it's paired with strength training because it keeps you in that maximum effort mentality. It keeps you pushing towards, I mean, for that specific thing is for PRs, but really what it, what it boils down to is it keeps you pushing for progressive overload. So building in these PRs to your system and, and your program allows it to where you're constantly pushing and you don't have to just mentally think, okay, I have to work harder and, and try to figure out how you're going to work harder in this, in this workout today versus last week. Uh, it gives you like definitive ways in which you can progressively overload your body and, and build size and build strength. 
Yeah, and he's uh, posted, if you follow him on Instagram, Brett Contreras 1, the number one. Uh, he's posted about strong lifting and what that is and six lifts. And um, he's also has a YouTube that he talks about it as mm. well. Um, and when we were talking to him, he was talking about the benefits of that style of training in the and the aesthetics that it produces, which I think a lot of times, especially women think, well, I can't, I don't want to lift heavy because I don't want to get big and bulky. Um, but from his um, experience, I guess, um, he's got girls with big glutes and nice backs and great shoulders. Like, and he has bikini competitor. He trains IPB pros. Like, um, I like his philosophy marrying the strength training and the hypertrophy. I feel like it's very similar to yours as well. Yeah, I was. I think it's funny that you know I don't want to lift heavy because I don't want to look like a man. But powerlifters, their goal is to get stronger without getting bigger. You know, so when you're pushing strength, it, it it's interesting. Like you know, Arnold didn't just wake up by accident one day looking like he did. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing with me. It's like this doesn't happen by accident. You have to work very hard at getting bigger. So, um, but yeah, I. I I really appreciate his mentality surrounding training and I know he's, he's caught a lot of flack for a couple different things, but, mm -hmm. um, so has anyone else who's relatively successful in any area, you know, you're always going to have people who disagree with you. So, yeah. And that's something that has been new for me. Um, just as now running, you know, my own business with you and talking to more people that I highly respect in the field that are, are very su successful and seeing that they are constantly facing adversity. Um, they're not out right about it because they're, but you don't want to feed into that. Right. And yeah. you want to, you want to have integrity in your mm -hmm. profession. Um, but when I get to talk to these people on more of a like personal, personal level, I'm like, wow, like I can't imagine like, doing all of these things, being that successful and then dealing with like haters and people that just like want to cut you off of the knees just because they don't have, like, it's just very interesting to me. And it just, I made the connection of like, okay. Uh, it's also been helpful too. Cause I feel like we have faced resistance. Um, to me it was unexpected, like for early, very early on when we were starting to run our business <clears throat> and kind of do things a little bit differently. Uh, it was kind of encouraging that like, okay, this professional deals with this stuff and he's really successful. Also this person. So I feel like, okay, like we're not as big and not as successful, but um, facing adversity comes with trying to make a positive impact in the sport. So, yeah. Um, well, and yeah. Or anywhere really, not just the sport. But. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I grew up with my dad telling me like, no matter how nice you are to people and the way how good of a person you are, the better you are at something, the more people are going to hate you. And it's interesting because like going through most of my life, like you don't necessarily see it all the time because mm -hmm. people are not necessarily bold enough to come up to you and say, Hey, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the internet gives people a platform, you know, yeah. it's the quote unquote keyboard warriors, right? The people yeah. who are out there who are behind the screen and they'll say whatever they want to like there, but Hey, they talk to you in the face and they're smiling at you and patting you on the back. And well, it's people, you know, too, mm -hmm. sometimes that are like, uh, treating you differently mm -hmm. um which is always very surprising um but then it's also people that you don't even know anything about you and they have something to say so yeah. i think it's just important to like stay focused on your goals right, right. not not on other people and, and and it's nice to get positive feedback from people right it's nice it's a good feeling but at the end of the day you have to content yourself internally just knowing i'm doing the best i can i'm doing the right thing and I'm doing it well, and I have a vision of where I'm going. Right. You know, and I think that those are really important things to maintain. Yeah. You know, your external stimulus, so what other people are going to say, it's always going to vary. And it's mm -hmm. going to go up and down. And the more weight you put into that, the more you're going to struggle uh, with your own happiness, I think. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. So, yeah, it's so. been fun for us to collaborate with different people and and learn from them. We got some... Workouts in the glute lab. Well, I got some workouts in the glute lab. I did some deadlifts and some yeah. chest press machine 
reps, basically. That's about it. <laughs> and you did some hack squat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did some hack squat. Uh, which... Uh, fire and hip thrust. <laughs> yeah. The glue, yeah, the glue lab's a great facility. I don't need to pr- promote it. I think everybody knows that it's wonderful. And learned a couple new cues with uh, Lake Glue training that's been pretty fun to try out um so yeah we're just learning and growing and january's been busy already Mm -hmm. establishing the the network down here is pretty much what january has been Mm -hmm. it's been go 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 nonstop every day and like you know the other day i had someone ask me well what have you been up to and i was like man when i explain it it doesn't sound like i'm doing very much but (laughs) but it's every single day it's it's texting it's calling it's setting up meetings with people it's going to places and figuring stuff out it's going to pick this up it's going to drop that off it's just a bunch of little things that all go into the organizational process of running an event as well as being a coach and owning your own business and trying to expand your own personal repertoire of like tools and knowledge and um it just it's very multifaceted so um Rest assured, we've been busy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so this is the official announcement. We will be doing a strong lifting competition on June 1st, 2024 in Miami, Florida at the Miami International Fitness Expo. I'm excited. Yeah. More details on our website. If you go to, if you just go to recklesstraining.com and go to the events tab, um, all of the information you need there, the registration is there, the hotel um, button, you know, to, to reserve Your the venue block. hotel. Yep. Uh, is there. Um, and for any spectators that want to come, so any athlete who registers, you get free admission to the expo. Any other spectators that you want to bring, they have to buy an expo ticket, but there is a button on our website as well for you to purchase those tickets through. So, and weigh-ins will be Friday. Weigh-ins will be Friday. Uh, yeah, I'll post more details as we get closer to okay. that. But, um, and what else happened in January? I flew. Oh yeah. To LAX, right? Is that where I flew? I think so. Yeah. California. Because uh, our good friend Sam was competing uh, in the first NPC show of the year, a muscle contest show. Uh, I well, I talked to her regularly, and then on Tuesday uh, we were talking, and I just looked at flights. Because I was like, man, I said to TC, I was like, man, I'm going to be so mad if she wins that show and I'm not there. <laughs> so we looked at flights and thankfully Florida has so many airports. So I checked like five airports to figure out how I could financially afford to get out there. Um, and then, yeah, spontaneously bought a flight, flew out there on Friday, got to spend time with her. I hung out with Brad all weekend. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> No, TC was unsupervised all weekend. Yeah, yeah, I was unsupervised. I just did a bunch of stuff. (laughs) Which I think was good. I think that was good for you. Ate a bunch of ice cream. Yeah, I was going to say. Got to get it in. (laughs) It doesn't count if you eat it all in one day. (laughs) You were sugar loading while I was gone. Um, But yeah, I got to spend time with her. And it's only been a couple times since I've been to California. Um, And yeah, so I went to Muscle Contest, which that takes us into one of our questions of the year or questions that we have for Q&A is what are they looking for? Oh, okay. I thought you stopped it. No, I marked it. Oh, great. Uh, what are they looking for in bikini this year? Uh, so if you look at Sam, that's what they're looking for. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I mean, she won the overall, which by the way, Chris did not put that detail in yet. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. Sam didn't show it. Yeah, she didn't compete. She just showed up and took the show. That's basically how it happened. Yeah. I'm, you know what? We're right. I should keep talking about Sam. Um, <laughs> so yes. So I got to fly out there and spend time with her. Oh yeah, guys, by the way, there was one bed in the place that she booked and I am a very anxious sleeper. I like never sleep, especially when it's like event stuff. And so I bought an air mattress at Walmart and I packed it in my check-in bag. And let me tell you, this thing worked perfect. I got there. It self blew itself up after I figured out that you needed to plug it in. (laughs) And 
it also deflated itself when I needed it to deflate itself. Not before? No, no. Oh, no. You got a good one. But it was great. It was great. So I had my own bed. It was kind of like my little dog bed on the, on the floor. But it was wonderful. So that way she could have her own bed. She could sleep. We don't have to worry about the tan. Um, and then I could, you know, I could sleep as well. Uh, so yeah, that's a hack. Bring an air mattress. It didn't take up too much space. I did have to check a bag though, because I tried to just do a carry on. That wasn't happening. But okay, back about Sam. Um, yeah, she was in high class E. Uh, so she was, and she, I think she was the last person to come out, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, and she was very captivating. I will say that. Like as soon as she walked out, you could tell. Like her posing was great. Um, her coach Paul Ravella did a great job. And like peaking her, getting her like great conditioning. I think Brittany Hamilton helped with posing too, right? Brittany, yeah, she did. She did a session with Brittany Hamilton. Um, her suit was a beautiful color. A lot of people were commenting on her suit too. That was a toxic. Um, yeah. But Sam has like a great design eye for suits and suit. Like we've referred a bunch of our clients to to her to help. I always ask her. Yeah. I'm like, what do you think about this for this client? She's got a great eye for design and bikini and the look she's just she has a gift for sure um but yeah we like got her ready that morning she did her own makeup because you know she's just awesome at that um we battled her her hair extensions we figured that out ourselves she was great she's very patient as i was like trying to figure out how to clip in hair extensions for her um and she looked fantastic and she's shown on stage like yeah, I mean, it went very smoothly. I think she had a great attitude. She had low expectations. She went out there and, um, like I said, captivated us all and and then ended up winning the overall for the show. So, yeah, I'm really proud of her. It's It was really cool to be at a muscle contest show, but also, like, I couldn't believe that I got to be there to watch someone win an like win an overall when my have my friend win an overall. So I was like shaking really bad. I'm like I need to I need to hold this camera steady because I need to send these videos to Paul. And uh, but I was struggling. I had to put my hands on the chair in front of me. I didn't want to let Sam or Paul down. So if you had the gimbal, no, I don't want that gimbal <laughs> thing. I always fight that stupid thing. Um, but anyhow. So she did get to talk with the head judge um, after the show and he gave her great feedback um, and also spoke on the conditioning of bikini. And since this is the first show of the year, they're trying to set that standard of making sure the girls aren't coming in too strided, too hard. Um, they want, he was reiterating that he's been advocating and wanting a little bit of a softer look. I mean, if you've watched Tyler Mannion's videos, he speaks on the same thing. If you look at Miss Olympia last year, she has the same level. Top two both had the same type of conditioning. Um, and I felt like that was awarded at this show because there was another girl that was tighter and harder. And we were nervous. Well, I wasn't really nervous, but um, there was a question about if she would mm. get placed higher over Sam. Um because she did have tighter conditioning. Yeah, which, you know, read into my next comment with a grain of salt because I was not there. I only saw pictures. But in my opinion, it was, I look at like silhouettes, right? I don't really look at details as much. I look at the overall image of the out the outline of the athlete and the competitor and, and what they look like on stage against the backdrop. And in my opinion, there was no comparison. Mm -hmm. Like there was just, it was no comparison. When you first sent me, when you sent me that video and I first pulled it up and she was on the outside, I was like, what the, <laughs> that's, not, that's not right. And then they moved her in once and I was like, okay, it's getting better. And then they moved her right into the middle. I was like, yeah, okay, that, that makes more sense. And then like compare, they look great. You know, like the number two girl, like she looked very good, yes. but I just like Sam's got the look, you know, mm -hmm. so she'll. Yeah. She's got freaky dimensions, as Paul says. Yeah. I'm very glad that, you know, she was re rewarded for all of her hard work because she's, she's doing a lot right now. She's doing, you know, some education stuff. She's an athlete. She's in, a, you know, she, she has a lot going on and she's it's, playing. Yeah. It's nice that, you know, all of her hard work got rewarded. And I can't wait to see the package that, um, you know, her and her coach Paul bring to the, the Arnold in a couple yeah. of weeks. We'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there in person. We're the fan club. Yeah. Um, so, 
yeah. So for bikini conditioning, it's going to be interesting. I think that the, you know, they, they set the standard of what it should look like for bikini um, with like a little bit softer of a conditioning. So lean, but not hard. Yeah. They told, they didn't, they didn't tell her you need to lose a lot more, get a lot tighter. It was like a little bit, be careful. Um, so it's like a fine line, which is bikini is so hard figuring out that conditioning level. It's not, it's yeah. Sometimes it depends who shows oh. up and who's judging. Well, like it's like who you things. look like when you're, who you're standing next to yeah. can make you look harder or softer sometimes. Yeah. So the judges have it hard. Coaches, I feel like have it difficult as well. Um, but you know, we'll keep our eye on consistency. The more shows that happen, like you just look for those trends and you look to follow what is being worked from, from the good, from the, the good judges and, Regional shows sometimes can be hit or miss. You just don't know sometimes. Um, but yeah, okay. So that's kind of the, what I gathered from what they were taking away from Bikini. I mean, he said he commented on her waist to shoulder, like like you were talking about her silhouette, um, and the condition and her poise. He talked a lot about her poise and her persona on stage, which I think is something people think about, like posing as like step one, step two, step three. Like they just think about the front pose, signature pose. Pe like you have to make it like a presentation. Mm -hmm. And I feel like she did a really good job of that. And it was evident. Like you can definitely tell. I've been to shows where the girl walks out and as soon as she's walking out, you're like, well, that's the one. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. yeah. Unless her backside is completely off, which is rarely the case. Like how you carry yourself um, really says a lot. Um, so, okay, Sam, we're going to stop talking about you because <laughs> we, we're going to do a whole hour on Sam. Um, but. So bikini criteria, give us park notes. I just did. Okay. Good job. Everyone, you get that? You're taking notes out there? Good. Just be like Sam. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just watch the conditioning. What yeah. I took away was watch yeah. the conditioning. You want to be tight, but you don't want to be too hard. And posing is a big deal. The overall look, they're looking for that overall look, as always, like making sure your makeup and your hair, your suit. I saw girls, some suits didn't fit them correctly. Like you pay attention to the details. Um, but uh, it's good to get advice. Good to talk to judges. Have a wise coach who like keeps up with the sport, um, so that you make sure that when you're showing up to shows, you're fitting their criteria, whether it's regionals or nationals. Like you're hitting those targets. Um, so I feel like I got a good per perspective on like how things are starting this year, and that made me very excited for like our clientele as well, um, where where we're leading them. So. Um. Okay, so we should just start the. Just keep going. I'm just oh, marking. You're just pushing a lot of buttons. Okay. Pushing the same button. We're 30 minutes in. Wow. Um. Okay. Let's just start rapid fire. Uh. So now you're gonna talk. Don't tell. You can't tell me. You're not my mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I have so many questions. Okay. How about let's talk about heavy strength training for bikini athletes because we touched on that a little bit. Then I'm getting a lot of questions about like, should I be pushing heavy if I'm losing connection? A lot of this is glute. Am I losing connection with my glutes? Um, so do you want to start off? Sure. Um, okay. So with a maximum effort compound lift, you're not going to feel one muscle group being isolated, right? That's just like by definition, the, it's just not going to happen. And what's an example that a bikini, a compound lift that a bikini competitor would? Your hip thrust and your glutes, right? So when you're going for one or three or even a five rep max um, on hip thrust, you want to aim to maintain the same mechanics, the same movement mechanics as when you have lighter weight on the bar. Um, this is going to stimulate the neuromuscular pathway that we're looking to control Right, where we want to build the stabilizer muscles, we want to build their strength just as quickly as we're building your glute strength. So that's your core musculature, your transverse abdominis, your adductors, um, 
your obviously your abductors, but also your your quads and your hamstrings, which are you know muscle group that you know a lot of bikini competitors don't think that they need to grow. Which yeah, we don't want them to be bigger, but we do need them to be strong. And those are two different things. You can you can elevate strength potential without increasing muscle mass. Um, so having said that, the reason that I have people work up to a top set in their training is to completely activate as many muscle fibers as possible. Now, each of your individual muscle fibers, let's just say that you have a thousand in your bicep or your glute. Um, I have 5,000 okay. in each glute. Chris has 5,000 muscle fibers in each glute. <laughs> Every single one of those muscle fibers is has light switch potentiation, right? So it's 100% or 0%. There's no in-between. And you now where the in-between comes in is if you only have 135 pounds on that bar, you may only need 500 muscle fibers in mm. each of those glutes. Mm -hmm. So 500 muscle fibers are going to fire 100% and the rest of them are not going to fire because you don't need them. And your body is energy conserving right? as, as you know, an evolutionary standard. So the reason we work up to a top set is to get all 5,000 of those muscle fibers in each of your glutes to fire, to move that weight because it has to. There's no way around it. And now when you drop the weight down for your working sets, they're all maximally activated. They're like, okay, what's next? They're, they're on high alert at this point. And now you can, again, maintain your focus on your body positioning and make sure that you're doing everything correctly. But with the light quote-unquote lighter weight because we still want it to be heavy the quote-unquote lighter weight you can now truly isolate your glutes um, because all of your muscle fibers are activated and you're going to have a lot more strength potential in those muscle groups which that's something that i have experienced um i've watched my strength increase from training in that style i guess that's it's almost like a i don't know what you would call it like a pyramid mm-hmm Sure. Um, yeah, because your warm-up sets, you're ramping up, you hit a top single, it's it's a half of a pyramid because you warm up, you hit a top single, and then you drop down for your working sets. And ideally, your working sets are, are probably all going to be the same weight unless we do an actual pyramid scheme, which sometimes I'll do that too, where I have you work up to like a, a top set of six, and then your set right before that was 12 reps, and the set right after that is 15 reps. And I tell you to try to use the same mm. weight that you did for the 12 reps, for the 15 reps. Well, but now I'm more tired than I was before. Yeah, but you have more muscle fibers activated. And generally speaking, you can get those 15 reps with that same weight, right? Like we've seen that in your training in the past. Yeah, so I know what you're saying because I talk to you every day. I'll explain it. Uh, <laughs> make that face. Uh, so for example, you're hip thrusting and your first says for don't mouth words to me 135 so i'm starting off this is not i that's too late for me but we'll say 130 <laughs> oh, it's okay anyway, sorry Continue. <laughs> okay we're, we're gonna talk about what chris nicole did last year um she was warming up with 135 and she, you know i could get i don't know 12 12 reps 15 reps and then my next set i would add two more 45 pound plates and i would get to i don't know let's eight, just arbitrate yeah yeah eight or ten reps so the weight is going up my reps my qual like the amount of reps that i can perform with you know quality movement is decreasing but i'm continuing to climb until i get to somewhere where i get quality i don't know three to six reps depending on the day and what is prescribed um so another way to say that is you reach technical failure at three to six reps it's not mechanic might not be mechanical failure but so what's the difference so technical failure is when your technique suffers and mechanical failure is is when you can no longer move that weight okay well, i will say my warm-up sets i feel my glutes activating as it gets heavier i feel more recruitment of my hamstrings um or my Adductors. Which makes sense, right? The more weight, the more muscle groups you're going to have to use. Right. So as I'm, the weight is climbing up and the reps are going down, more muscles are getting recruited. I, the It's almost like the volume of my glutes gets turned down a little bit. Um, or I use the analogy of like an orchestra. And 
everything is getting like at the top of those top sets. Yeah. Everything's played really loud. All the instruments are played, whatever that's called, really loud. Oh, forte. Yes, I knew you were gonna know. I knew you were gonna know the answer to that. Um, so it's just like they're all playing their part of the music really loud. <clears throat> then, as I start going back down, so now I've lowered the weight. I can perform more reps at that weight than when I started the exercise. So now, you know, where it was, I don't know, what's the weight that I use? 270, I could only do 10 when I was warming up. Now I can do 12 or 15 and I get great glute activation because now those sections of the orchestra the hamstrings, the adductors, the quads, they're all lowering their volume, but the glutes are still, they're still playing loud. Um, so I, I don't know if that like makes sense of an analogy, sure. but, but that's the easiest way that I can describe what I experience as an athlete when I do that training. Cause at the, you know, heavy, I wouldn't say, yeah, I, I feel my only my glutes. No, I don't. I feel my whole body is working to move that weight, but I get the benefit of like those back down sets where now my glutes are like, they're 100%. Everything has quieted down and I just can hammer those glutes at a heavier weight. And I feel like I get more out of my, you know, I'm doing more volume at a heavier weight, which is yeah. it's going to be beneficial for hypertrophy, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah, what what I would say is, um, I often say that your tripod, your phone stand, your your camera is the best tool in your gym bag, and I think this is one example as to how it can be very beneficial. So as you're warming up, you're feeling your glutes. Everything's great. You're recording all your warm up sets, right? And you see what it looks like. Now you do your top set, and you're like, man, I didn't really feel my glutes there, and felt a bunch of other stuff. And you watch the video, you're doing the exact same. So you can kind of content yourself knowing that like, okay, well, my form is where it needs to be. So now let's do our drop down sets or our back down sets or working sets, whatever you want to call them um, and see what happens. And generally speaking, if your top set looks exactly like your first warm up set, you're going to feel your glutes again when you drop down to your working sets. Mm -hmm. um, so, but, and, and backing up a little bit, like what you were talking about with the 270, you know, 10 reps versus 12 to 15 reps that's a good example of like the maximum effort mentality, right? Because you, you should always be pushing to be able to do as much as you can, not just going through the motions and saying, well, I'll, you, you know, my working sets are 225 for sets of 10. Like you're not going to grow if you're doing the same thing every single week. So looking for these PRs, whether it's a 20 rep PR, 10 rep PR, 15, five, one, three reps, doesn't matter. If you're looking for these PRs, it builds in a progressive overload pattern into your programming um, so that you don't necessarily have to think about it as much. Yeah, and my focus is on my glutes the whole entire time. Mm -hmm. Even at the top, like those mm -hmm. heavy sets, I'm still thinking about I need to be utilizing my glutes, but I'm not backing away from the weight because I'm not only feeling my glutes. You know, remember, everything's getting played really loud, but the, it, the glutes are still playing loud. It's just I can't hear it as... Uh, as distinctly. Yeah, amidst the other things. Yes. Um, so but, then we bring the other things down. And keep that playing well. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Uh, I did get some questions on that. Hopefully that makes sense. I don't train that way every single exercise. day. Yeah. Every single exercise. Um, yeah. Now, having said that, like your accessory lifts, you're not going to work up to a three rep max on line cable abductions, right? Absolutely like, not. That's silly. But you are still practicing a maximum effort mentality. You are still going in there trying to do your best and giving 100% of your effort on every single rep, making sure that your core is firmly braced, making sure that your body is not moving. And as soon as you realize that there's extra movement in your body, you're cutting that off. And, and either you're stopping the set and you're resetting or you're re-solidifying your core brace and then you're going to go and, and finish your reps, you know, but you're, you're always trying as hard as you can with these exercises. You may not just be going for a lower rep count PR. That's all. Mm -hmm. Especially with those kickbacks, I think the more that I'm able to actually utilize my abs to keep my pelvis stationary, because that's it's a very easy people start like using their low back um, for like more range of motion. Mm -hmm. um, but if you can, 
that's another thing that I learned working with you is sometimes thinking about bracing the opposing muscle group so you have something solid to like I don't know what the right word is it's stabilization you know and it's it's eliminating it goes in this, it's hand in hand it's eliminating movement in the kinetic chain and mm -hmm. it doesn't just have to do with your core and stabilization it's like let's look at hip airplanes um, people struggle with hip airplanes a lot because it's they think it's a lot of balance when you shouldn't be balancing quote unquote balancing on that leg you're not a flamingo right we're looking to stabilize we're looking to root into the ground and use your muscles as guy wires on that one leg that's on that ground and pulling everything into place and holding it there and as you're tilting you're allowing your muscles to go back and forth or, or you're forcing your muscles to go back and forth you're not allowing it and then when people are still struggling with that we take a band and we put it on their resting leg you know around the bottom of their foot and up over their shoulder and we tell them to extend that leg which does exactly what you're talking about it, it contracts that glute and the hip flexors and the hamstring and the quad and the calves on that side to make it all super super stable you know and like if you look at a flagpole it's solid right it's it's not going to move around whereas if you hung a flag on a fishing pole it would constantly be moving around and it would put a lot more tension and pressure at the bottom of that fishing pole as you know a regular flagpole so yeah but i would say yeah so like contracting using my abs as like making my torso rigid like i've started to think about that in a hip thrust mm -hmm. versus just my low back stabilizing my torso sure. or like keeping uh my abs engaged doing a kickback so now my muscle my glutes have something to work to stabilize against yeah exactly yeah it's um, an anchor point you have to sufficiently yeah, anchor. yeah 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 so it's been it's been interesting um just to kind of like experiment with some of that glute training um and talking to you i feel like I mean, if you see our Instagram, I posted the other night about how we were supposed to be watching TV, relaxing, and we were going over like deadlift cues. And uh, you, I think it's just interesting to go into the gym and try and, f I knew you do this a lot, try and figure stuff out. But the more I talk to you, um, the more I start thinking about those things when I'm lifting and then I start feeling the difference. So um, always be learning. Um, let's see. For, let's talk about strength training. I did, okay, we talked about heavy, the one more thing about heavy lifting that I have found helpful for me is I feel like I notice more of a, um, I notice more differences between right and left. My right side of my body, my left side of my body. I can perform single leg movements for example and feel okay the right side is different than the left side but i can more specifically target what is different between right and left when i'm asking my body to work co like cohesively together i'm asking my right and my left foot to push at the same time in a sumo deadlift well, and it's, it's not just that too, right? And that's this is why that it puts the magnifying glass on all these things is that the weight is in your hands, which goes up, up your arms to your shoulders, which goes down your torso to your pelvis, which goes then down your leg to the floor. Why is it going all over the place? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> um, but because of that, it magnifies any imbalance in your entire kinetic chain. And I think that some of the stabilization patterns that a lot of people skip out on on strengthening are the diagonal pathways because it's not like you have a muscle that goes from your right shoulder to your left pelvis. Right. And because of that, because there's no one muscle that does that, people don't think I have to I have to develop this stabilization pathway. But a lot of times that's what is missing in people's programming is, you know, like we, we just programmed contralateral auto yells for a bunch of people because it helps for you to bring that lat into the stabilization pattern for that cross body stabilization. So there's, it's very multifaceted, um, in compound lifts and improving the strength in your compound lifts so that you can then increase the size of the muscles associated with that compound lift. Um, it's first of all, it's dual stage. And that's why I, I phrased it all like that is because you, you stronger muscles can get bigger, easier, 
right? But stronger muscles don't necessarily have to be bigger. Mm-hmm. And that's why we see like, uh, there's there's a kid, he's he competes at like 148. He deadlifts 750 pounds, you know? And it's wild to look at yeah. because he looks like the skinny little twig. But I'll tell you, and he squats over 500 pounds. He, I think he benches over 300. So like strength and size don't necessarily go hand in hand. Right. Um, now, having said that, generally speaking, an open class bodybuilder can deadlift a ton of weight. At probably not, like definitely not as, you know, for a pound to pound ratio, not as much as that kid, sure. not as much as a power lifter, but because they're so big, they have a ton of strength potential. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I think it's the opposite. You know, if you lift heavy, you're not necessarily going to get big. Whereas, you know, if you do a ton of reps, a ton of reps, a ton of reps, like you're, you're eventually, you're probably going to get a little bigger, but it, when you really just boil it all down, it's you have to come close to failure. So you have to know how to work hard. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that we preach here is that maximum effort is a learned characteristic. It's not just something that anyone can do when you walk into a gym. And um, that's why people who just start lifting don't necessarily injure themselves as much as people who lifted, took a break, and then go back to lifting as though they never stopped lifting because they go back and they try to train the same way that they were before. Sure. And it never works out for them. So. Sure. Well, that brings us to our other question. Um, like what's the difference of functional training versus bodybuilding training versus athletic performance training? You know, it kind of touches a little bit on like training for strength versus training for hypertrophy. Um, but there's also that functional aspect in there. So like, obviously it depends on the person and their goals, right? But how do you program or differentiate? Like how, how do you allocate where your energy should be spent? So that boils down to specificity, right? Um, So the way that I approach training and programming is when we onboard you, you go through, you take this intake questionnaire and we look at the various problems that you have currently in your kinetic chain. And those problems that you have, whether past injuries or compensation issues or what have you, um, those are all weak links in your kinetic chain. And you have to deal with those before you can say, well, but I just want to be a bikini athlete and I just need bigger shoulders and bigger glutes. So it doesn't really matter that my low back hurts all the time or my knee hurts all the time. Like, yes, it does. Your body compensates around pain uh, much more than you're aware of. So the first step is always getting your body moving properly. Um, no matter who you are, no matter who you are, when you come to me, we do a mobility assessment. We look at where the, where the opportunities for improvement are. We start tackling those. And yes, we are also working towards your other goals, whether they're aesthetic or strength-based. But we will always start your progression with um, a mobility assessment and looking for those weak links in the connect chain. Now, moving past that... Um, I think it really depends on how far you want to go in any given um, practice, right? If you want to be the best powerlifter in the world, the majority of your training is going to be based around the squat bench and deadlift and the accessory lifts for those. And that's pretty much it. You're not going to do very much hypertrophy because you're going to, going to want to keep your body weight, your lean body mass pretty low. Um, you may do some cardio to make it so that you can, you know, have longer like lifting sessions. Um, but that's also not going to be a priority because you do one rep at a time when you're on the platform. Um, now if you are interested in powerlifting and you just want to, you might want to step on a platform, but you know, you also like playing basketball with the guys, uh, you might play a game of flag football in the park, then your training. Yes. It's going to have a lot to do with squat bench and deadlift. Like that's going to be the core but you're going to have a lot more accessories because your specificity isn't as demanding. Mm -hmm. Um, So now we look at the other aspects of your life and say, okay, well, you're also doing these things. So we want to make sure that you're not going to sustain an injury while you're doing these things. So we need to strengthen your knees. We need to strengthen your ACL, your MCL, make sure that when you're playing basketball, you're not going to tear something. Uh, We need to make sure that you're mobile enough to where when, if you fall on the football field, you're not going to hurt something. Um, And we need to make sure that, you're just moving well enough on a daily basis to where you can recover properly. Um, now, let's go to bodybuilding. You want to be the best open bodybuilder in the world. You're probably not going to have very much time for functional training at all because there are so many muscle groups that you have to make as big as possible. That's all you're going to have time for. 
But if you look at someone like a bikini competitor, you have basically two muscle groups. And yes, you have to make the rest of the body match. So there's there's going to be a ton of like other training involved, but you have a little bit more room for the functionality aspect where um, you can do some more like quote unquote functional based movements to make it so that your quality of life, like you're moving like a normal human being instead of like, I mean, you look at the Olympia stage at the men's open class, they all move exactly the same. They all walk exactly the same. Yeah. They're, they're all like super upright and like, yeah, it's, it's literally, they all look exactly the same. It's crazy. You seeing them walk around up there. Um, whereas like the bikini competitors and even like the wellness and, and you know, they look like they're normal human beings walking around, you know? So, and that's kind of what you get to maintain when your uh, sport specificity isn't as demanding. So, and aside from that, I believe that like mixing your training up a little bit and having some more of those functionality aspects, I think it makes you just a better athlete in general, which will help perpetuate your progress in the sport that you're trying to be specific in. So, um, and then the, the other aspect variable that we want to look at is where are you like in your life chapter, right? Um, when you're in your twenties, you're probably not going to have to do a ton of mobility stuff. We want to do some to maintain the mobility that you have, but you're probably going to have a lot more mobility than someone in their 50s, 60s, 70s, you know? So we like, you have to take into account where they are in their life cycle to properly, um, like program for these things too. So, um, now, like the third aspect is fully functional. If you have an athlete who is, you know, a football player, or basketball player, and like that's what they want to do, you're probably not going to be doing very many one rep maxes. Like if, if they're interested in doing that, yeah, sure, let's do it. But because let's just look at a basketball player, for example. They're constantly running up and down that court. And like, yeah, there's some downtime, but you're you're going to want training protocols that put your body in a similar situation as you're going to experience when you're competing. Um, and the goal is to make your training harder than your competition, right? Like you, you don't want to go into a competition and in the fourth quarter or fourth period, or whatever, be gassed, totally gassed. You, you want like, you want your practice to be so hard that the game feels so easy. Mm -hmm. That's what you want. Yeah. And so like for, for powerlifting, for example, my athletes five, six weeks out every Saturday, they're doing SBD. And they're like, we're honing in on those numbers, on those attempts. And we're trying to see like how big of a jump you want to make on each lift, uh, where we want to land for, you know, third attempts and et cetera, et cetera. So we're dialing all that in. And by the time the meet day comes, it's just another day. It's just another training day. So it's the same thing with bodybuilding competition. You want to go through your posing so much. And that's why for our athletes, at least two times a week, no matter what time of year it is, um, you have a 30 minute um, posing practice session, you know, on your recovery days. And if you practice posing for 30 minutes and you hold some of those poses for we've discussed 30 seconds and like, it doesn't sound that long, but Holy cow, hold that pose for 30 seconds and tell me it's not a long time. <laughs> well, it depends too, because, uh, depending on your category, sure. yeah, like there, you can be at a national show for bikini and there's, I don't know, 30 people and they're doing call outs and you have to stand up there for, five minutes sometimes holding your front pose yes. yeah and not waver so yeah and then there's like a classic that has a million poses and you just have to like know them immediately to get into them and and look comfortable and while you're holding it yeah and your whole body your lower body and upper body has to like it's just there's different challenges mm -hmm. for posing and yeah, you got to practice, like you said. Yeah. It should feel, it should not feel like the most challenging, like you said, on show day. Yeah, so I kind of bounced around there, but basically my interpretation of like training specificity is obviously it's going to be a spectrum. It's it's like a spectrum. It's a sliding scale spectrum. Um, and it's going to depend on your, your personal goals, how far you want to go in your sport and what you do outside of that sport. You know, if you're if your life is taken up by training for this one specific thing, then you're not going to really care to include like a bunch of power cleans if you're a body if you're a bodybuilder. Sure, you know, right. like you know, and and even a powerlifter, you can get benefit out of power cleans because you're developing that explosiveness off the floor, but it's probably going to be more beneficial to train deadlifts. You know, whether it's mm -hmm. deficit, stiff leg, RDL, sumo, conventional, like 
it, it's going to be more beneficial to have your exercise choice a little more specific towards your competition goals. So yeah, it's, it's as far as like training specificity and um, like functional versus isolation. Um, it definitely depends on, on your goals as an athlete. Um, and no, not everyone's going to train the same. And if you have lofty goals in one specific place, you're not going to be the most well-rounded athlete. It's just, mm -hmm. it's not going to happen. Right. Okay. Um, I so we're right at an hour. Yeah. We have a few more questions. We have a lot more questions. So we didn't even get to like food and stuff. We can do part two. Yeah. Okay. We're, we have more questions specifically about like how to work with imbalances, uh, knee pain, and then uh, some nutrition questions as well. So uh, we'll record a second episode and, and release that. So stay tuned for some of those questions. Also, we'll talk about our DEXA scans. Um, yeah, we got, we got a lot more things to go on. Oh, menstrual cycles. Yeah. Whoo, we got a lot of topics. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we'll wrap it up there for now. Um, I think that's some pretty good nuggets to give away this week. Is there one more? that you want to touch on today or the rest of them like kind of all in the similar aspect like do we hit all the training ones no there's three more training ones but let's keep them so that we can talk a little bit about okay. that next okay. yeah next okay. week yeah. um okay so if you are interested in looking at the miami reckless miami mayhem that's what the strong lifting competition is called in miami um, with TC and Brett Contreras and 100% raw and BC strength and all the things. <laughs> um, booty by Brett. Yeah, booty by Brett. Yeah, guys, if you don't know who Brett Contreras is, you should look him up. Yeah. Uh, he's very intelligent and he's written a lot of good literature on strength training, glute training. Very science-based. You know, Man. Like he has a reason for everything that he says. Yes. And you may not agree with everything that he says, but he has a reason for it. Yes. Which is more than we can say for a lot of professionals out there. Exactly. Quote unquote. Yeah. Fit professionals. Yes. So go look him up uh, if you are not already well. Yeah. And for this event, guys, um, even if you're not interested in doing all six lifts, you can definitely still come watch. It's going to be open to the public. I'm not charging for the seating this year. Next year, we will be. So this year, the seating area will be free. Um, and we'll have the strong lifting two sessions and we'll have strict curl in between. So you could either sign up for strong lifting, get your free expo pass. You can sign up for strict curl, get your free expo pass, or you can just buy a ticket to the expo and you can walk around all day. You can watch some of the strong lifting events, some of the strict curl event. You can watch the bodybuilding. There's grid league, there's CrossFit, there's ninja warrior, not warrior, but just ninja. Yeah. There's. There's a ton of different events at this thing. Vendors, um, and yeah, there's vendors. a bunch of vendors. Like, it's it's gonna be a fun time, mm -hmm. and it it makes me sad. It's only one day because like I have a couple athletes who are gonna do all seven lifts, and oh my gosh, you do? Yeah, yeah I think oh. Michael, Michael and Ethan. So oh, okay. Yeah, we'll we'll see. There might even be a couple more, but. Um, People love to suffer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I feel bad for them because they're gonna come and they're, they're gonna be freaking working out all day. Basically, yeah. not gonna be able to walk around and enjoy this expo. It's it's a really fun expo. It's a good time. The promoters are really good people, and they they run a good event. So I'm excited to be a part of this expo. I'm excited to watch it grow over the next five to ten years. Um, you know, Brett and I are are planning on buying enough medals for this year and next year. So. And maybe another. We'll be back. Yeah. It's, it's, it, and it's only going to get better. So, yeah. So you can go to recklesstraining.com, uh, click on the events tab, and then um, that's where you can register uh, as a strong lifting athlete or a strict curl athlete. So check that out. Um, you can also reach out to TC uh, for any specific questions. Uh, your email is recklesstraining at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram. TC is Longshot Gamble. Our uh, team account is reckless underscore training on Instagram. And then I am Chris Nicole underscore IFBB pro. So any questions you can direct to any of those pages um, and then we can, we can help answer that for you. Um, anything else? Last call things. 
I don't think so. If you're interested in coaching, we are coaches. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we are, we uh <laughs> Gosh, Which we love coaching. This is a by bad the way. interview right now. Uh, uh, we coach people. Uh, no, we. You're getting a good taste of who we are. <laughs> We're just real people. We'll just yeah. say that um, we we love our clients. So if you're interested in um, any of the categories in bodybuilding, uh, powerlifting, stronglifting, uh, really any, or you just want to be healthy. You just want to figure out how to eat for your body and get some good training, functional training. You want to have less pain. You want to work on your technique. Yeah. Like, uh, we're here for it. So just feel free to ask us. We'll answer you if we can honestly help you with those goals. If we can't, we'll redirect you to someone we know that it may be a better fit, but either way, um, we're here to help you. So, uh, you can reach out to us and look at our website also for coaching options but really just talk to us that's the easiest way to yeah yeah just reach out you know we'll set up a call and if there's good chemistry then we'll see about moving forward and if there's not like coaching athlete relationship is very intimate so mm-hmm. you have to be able to trust your coach you have to be able to talk to them yeah so uh just as a quick like summary of of what getting coached by us looks like is you do weekly check check-ins with Chris Nicole. She goes over your nutrition, but she also goes over everything else that's detailed in the check-in sheet. There's a bunch of questions there that give her a bunch of information and insight into your daily life for the, over the last week. Um, and she either makes adjustments or not, depending on that. She sends you a loom review, which is just a screen recording and it has a camera for her face. So you get to see her talking to you and going through your check-in, uh, line by line. Um, and then on the training side of it, I, like I said, I do all your mobility assessments when you first get onboarded. And then we, we will do subsequent mobility assessments later on to see, make sure we're making progress, but also to see if there are other weak links in your kinetic chain that we can attach uh, or attack. And then any form, any video, any exercise that you want form critique on, um, I encourage you always to send me those videos as much as you want. So you can send me an email after every single workout if you wanted to. Um, so we, we have a heavy emphasis on form. We have a em- heavy emphasis on like the foundational basics and, um, and making it work for your life. Because if it's not sustainable, then you can't keep doing it long term. Uh, we aim to make long term sustainable changes to your lifestyle that you know you can keep up with and and not feel like you're working at it or restricted constantly perpetually all year that was a great commercial good job do a good job yeah okay impromptu (laughs) now everyone knows okay all right thanks for listening to our podcast this week stay tuned for next week when we cover a couple more q a questions um thanks for your support guys we appreciate you so much it's going to be a great 2024 year yep and just remember work hard stay humble and train reckless.